Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Pastor Reza Safa. Thank you. Would you all please stand with me? Father, we honor you today and thank you for this day. Thank you for your love for us. And thank you that you send Jesus. Let's just raise our hand, all of us pray. Thank him for it. For us to know you, Father. We honor you today and thank you for all your goodness and all your grace and mercy, Lord God. Thank you for your holy written word that has been documented so that we may get to know you and honor you. Father, we give you all the glory. Thank you for Pastor Joaquin and Yvette and his staff, his family, wonderful people that you have raised in this part of the country, Lord God, to witness, to be a witness for Christ. We honor you through their lives and thank you for them, Father. Thank you for this place, this house. Thank you for this ministry that you're changing so many lives all around the world. In Jesus' precious name, we thank you and give you the glory and all of God's people said, amen. 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 Please be seated. Uh, it's an honor to be back here. Uh, I consider Pastor Joaquin my very close, like a brother. I love to be with him, play golf with him, get beat by his golf game, and his boys were destroying us yesterday. And, and uh, such a joy, we just got uh, his book translated into Farsi. And, uh, you know, I would uh, love him to be broadcast on our, we actually broadcast him for time being. I don't know how many shows he produced, uh, few that we are. Uh, but uh, I would love to have a series on marriages that he could broadcast. I pay for the airtime if he were to pay for the translation, and I know you all will help him to do that. Uh, millions of Muslims uh, watch our program on a daily basis. Actually, our network is the most watched network in, in Iran and Afghanistan. And we have even uh, the high-ranking religious people watch us. Uh, I had one time an Ayatollah, which is the high-ranking uh, Muslim cleric, called me, he said, there has been five of us watching you for the past two years. He said, uh, we hated you, but we loved what you taught about God. See, that stuff is not in Islam. And uh, he said, all five of us accepted Jesus after two years. You know, in order for you to be an Ayatollah, you have to know the Quran by heart. 6,666 verses. Now, some Qurans got less, some Qurans got more. <laughs> I don't know how to count over there. But uh, <laughs> um, he said, I, I know the Quran by heart, but I have never heard anything, any teaching like you have been teaching about God. And uh, so it's uh, exciting what God is doing. If, if the rate of conversion continues in Iran, Iran will be the first Islamic nation that we Christians have taken back from Islam. You know, they took a lot of nations from us. Islam took uh, almost the Middle East was the stomping ground for, for Christianity, uh, Asia Minor. But they took it from us by force. And now we can take it back by the preaching of the gospel and the faith of our God. 
So I encourage him and you also get behind these broadcasts. That would be tremendous uh, for people to hear what God has put in this man's heart. Okay, would you turn your Bible to Romans chapter 5, please? And we're going to look at one verse there. And then uh, I encourage you to take notes. I see many of you have Bibles and notepad with you, which I'm very encouraged. If I go to churches and I don't see church notepads and uh, Bibles, I know those people are not caring for the scripture. Because uh, Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. A disciple in Greek means a student. Have you ever seen students in classrooms without notepad? And If you lean on your um, memory alone, you only will pertain or, or uh, retain 30% of what I'm saying. You will miss 70% of it. That's why we take notes in class. That's why we should take notes. So I encourage you next week, next time you come to church, bring a notepad. One sentence can change the life of you and somebody's in your life. Uh, very important. That's why the scripture has been written. 66 books. So it wasn't just memory. It wasn't just going from mouth to mouth. It was written down. So we got to write it down. Romans chapter 5 verse 7. This is where if by the one man's offense, not one man and woman, but one man, Adam. And I will explain why. It says one man's offense. Death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Uh, through Adam, see, instead of God forming each human being from the dust of the earth, God made one man, Adam, and he put the seed of all mankind in Adam. Not in Adam and Eve. We're not talking about uh, physical. We're talking about the spiritual formation of the seed of mankind. God put it in Adam. And so, every man is born in Adam, naturally. Every man is born in Adam. And so, when Adam sinned, one sin, every mankind in him sinned. One man sinned, and one man did it all for us. He lost it, he lost, he lost it all for us. So, when he sinned, he failed. All of us failed in him. And we can see that principle in the family. When the father messes up, everybody's messed up. So is the leader, whoever is the head. Adam was the head of the human race. So by one man's offense, death, death has two definitions. And I would be very interested if you write it down. Death, number one, means separation from God, the father, the source of life. And death also means unification with Satan. Man, Adam, by obeying Satan instead of God, became united with Satan in his nature. Remember what Jesus said to the Jews in John chapter 8, verse 44. He said, you are of your father the devil, and you do the deeds of your father. So man, through sin, became united with Satan separated from God. Spiritually, man is dead all over this earth, all over this planet, in all history. Man 
is, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, you were dead in your trespasses. Well, he's not talking about physical death. We're talking about spiritual death. So spiritual death means separation from God. Your sin, as Isaiah said, has separated you from God. And also means unification with Satan. Man is darkness. Uh, Paul says that in Ephesians chapter 5. Is that you were once, verse 8, you were once darkness. He doesn't say you were in the darkness. He says you were darkness. That means unification with Satan. Oneness with Satan's nature. So now. It says, through one man's, Adam's offense, Adam's sin, death, separation from the Father, and unification with Satan, reign through the one. So man was separated from the Father, and man lost his position that God placed on the earth. God gave to Adam. If you bring Genesis chapter 1, there are, in verse 28, there are five commands that God gives Adam. Number one, he says, then God blessed them and God said to them, number one, be fruitful. Number two, multiply. Number three, fill the earth. Number four, subdue it. Number five, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the earth, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So five commandments were given to man. Man, you could say, became the God of this earth. Man, the Bible says, God gave the earth to man. So man became the king of the earth, the the supreme leader of the earth. God gave the dominion of everything on the earth to him. That word that he says here, subdue it, in in Hebrew is the word kabash, K-A-B-A-S-H. Uh, the Hebrew strong, Hebrew word uh, strong's number on is 3533. Uh, kabash means to subject, to subdue, to force, to keep under, to bring into bondage, make subservient. The question is, what was Adam supposed to subdue? Because the earth was tamed. There was no sin on the earth. There was nothing that was not subdued. Because God created all things and he says it was good. God looked at everything and it was good. Notice uh, somebody said, well, the animal kingdom. Notice in Genesis chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. Do you see verses here when I say it? Oh, okay. It says, out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the earth and brought them to Adam. Why? Because Adam was in charge of the earth. Adam was the king. Isn't that amazing that God made everything, but God did not cross the line of authority. If he gave authority to Adam, then he respected Adam's authority. That's why all these disasters that happens on the earth, God cannot walk into the earth and fix it. The hunger and diseases, because the head guy... God gave him the authority. If I lease you my house and you go sublease it to somebody else and that somebody else destroys the house, legally, am I right? Legally, I cannot get in there and mess up with that guy that you subleased to. Why? Because he doesn't have any contract with me. He has contract with the one I gave the authority of the house to. And so God cannot legally do anything on the earth unless Man, Adam, asks him. 
That's why prayer is so important. That's why God cannot operate on the earth unless somebody asks him legally. The one that I, that I subcontracted or, or, or gave the house to, that person says, Reza, would you come in here? This is your house and litigate and help me with this person that I have subleased to that is destroying the house. Then I could step in. So now, so God brought all the animals to Adam. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. God created the animals, but Adam became in charge of them. You name them because you got to control them. You got to command them. You got to do with them. You got to do, I don't need no lion. You do. I don't need no fish. You call them. You want to call this trout? You like it? Or trout? Trout it is. That amazing? The love of God. The generosity of God. So, Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him because he didn't have Pastor Joaquin there <laughs> to help him to find a wife. But then, you know, God knew that, so he, he took care of it. But there was one other being in the garden. See, that command subdue and bring in the subjection was because of that one other being. Who was it? Satan. And so, instead of Adam subdue him, well, Satan deceived. It's interesting. Adam's sin was greater than Eve's sin because Eve was deceived, not Adam. Adam's sin was treason because he made a decision to disobey God. Eve was deceived, not Adam. Adam took it by his own will to disobey God. And so by one man's offense, death reigned, took rulership over the earth. So now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, whose mind the God of this age has blinded. <laughs> Muslim man just wrote to me about this. Is God so good? Why did he blind the eyes of the people? He's talking about who here? Verse 4. Who is he talking about here? The God of this world. Has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. The God is the little G, so that's Satan. The crown that God gave to Adam as the rulership of this earth, Adam picked it up and gave it to Satan. That's why Jesus had to crush the head of Satan, where the authority is. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 30. He says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Why doesn't Satan has anything in Jesus? Because he is not from Adam. The Bible calls him the seed of the, the woman. From your seed, God said to Eve, not to Adam. So the seed of Adam, which caused all mankind to be in him, is not in Jesus. So there is no sin nature in Jesus when he was born. And so he didn't get that gene 
the spiritual gene from Adam. He got it from Eve. And as I said, the seed of mankind was in Adam, not in Eve. So therefore, Jesus was born sinless. Therefore, Satan had nothing in Christ. Now, that's why Jesus had to be tempted. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4 that, uh, Matthew chapter 4 that, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness that to be tempted by Satan. Satan had to tempt Jesus. The same temptation that Eve went through, Jesus had to be tempted to be tested whether he will obey the Father or not. So this is the second man. We have two kind of men on the earth. We have Adam, the first man, and we have the second man, Jesus, the last Adam. Bible calls him second Adam, last Adam. So there are two races of people. The one who follow that are in the first man, Adam, and the one that are in the second man. There are no third race. They're not Mexicans, Cubans, Africans, Americans, Persian Americans. There are only two kinds. Those who are in Adam and those who are in the second Adam. So if you're in the first Adam, you are death. You are separated from the Father. If you're in the second Adam, you are connected. You are one with the Father. So there are two races of people on this earth. So, uh, so the second man, Jesus, uh, uh, the first man, Adam, through him, by one man's offense, death reigned. Contemporary English version says, death ruled like a king, dominating human, human spirit. Weymouth says, for if through the transgression of the one individual, Romans 5.17, death made use of the one individual to seize the sovereignty. That's why man, for 6,000 years, man has been trying to gain that dominion back through knowledge through uh, science through all kinds of effort do you know why nfl is so popular because one man is trying to have dominion over 100 yards and we all are fascinated by it or in your case would be soccer uh, the ball changes size but it's the same principle except they don't tackle you to break you. They kick you, <laughs> but they don't, they don't hurt you with their shoulders or with their helmet. But the idea is dominion. I want to have dominion. I want to take this ball from this end of the yard, this end of the court, take it across over there, cross that line. And the other guy says, we will not let you cross this line. That's dominion. Man is searching, is doing everything in his power to have power and dominion to subdue everything that comes against him. But after 6,000 years of science and all kind of knowledge and studies, man cannot overcome over a single cold virus. And one little bug knocks us out for two weeks. We're out like, we look like zombies Man is searching, doing hard to have dominion, and man cannot have dominion. Why? Satan took it from him. 
Satan took it from us. And we are trying to have dominion over that which we have lost. Dominion in our homes, dominion in our work, dominion in our environment. A hurricane comes and all of these powerful people take their boats and run out from the, from the, from the place. Because they cannot withstand a single storm that comes through. They have lost dominion over this earth. Some of you, you see, a, you see a mouse, you run. Some of you see a cockroach and you run. A cockroach that you can crush in a matter of second. You're scared of it because you have lost dominion. You dress up nice, you look nice, you talk nice, but you have lost dominion. Man has lost dominion and he's doing everything in his power to gain it. He thinks it's in power. He, th he thinks it's in wealth. So he gained wealth. He works hard day and night to make more money, to have dominion. He thinks it's in politics. He lies every step of the way. He cheats his own family to have that dominion. I want to dominate this earth. Man has lost dominion. Through one, through one guy. That's not fair. What did I have to do with it? But notice our verse. Therefore, just as through one man, sin, verse 12 actually, Romans 5, 12, 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin, thus Death spread to all men because all sinned. So every single one of us, death reigned and took dominion because our seed was in Adam. Adam lost it. We all lost it. Go over to Genesis chapter 9. I want to show you something very interesting. I never saw this before till one day I was reading the scripture. And I was going through the book of Genesis in studying with our church. And it took us, I don't know, a, almost a year to cover 11 chapters of Genesis. And in verse 1 it says, 9-1, it says, So God blessed no one, his sons, and said to them, Notice, this is a new generation of mankind on the earth, all rest of them before that, which... Some estimate five to seven billion people perished in the flood. Now, there's a new generation. There's Noah and his sons and their wives, eight people all together. So God is restarting the earth. And notice he's, he's given them the same commandment that he gave to Adam. But there's something missing here. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful, number one, and multiply, number two, number two and fill the earth, num number three. And the, notice, the two command that God gave to Adam is missing here. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. Have dominion, subdue, and have dominion is missing in this verse. And it says, and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. No longer you name them. Hey, lion, come here, buddy. No longer that. He will not come near you. When you command him, 
you cannot you, you cannot have dominion. There is no more dominion. Dominion is gone. Subduing, you cannot subdue any longer because you're subdued. Isn't that interesting? So, man lost something on the earth. No more command subdue, no more command dominion. Man cannot reign over death. 6,000 years of science, we cannot revive one single cell. We can wipe it off. We can blow stuff into it and make it look different, but we cannot revive it. Over death, sickness, we can prolong it. We can hold it back, but we cannot dominate it. And over all the creatures of the earth, especially over demon forces. You know what medical science do to somebody who's demon possessed? They drug the hoops out of him. So he goes, looks like a zombie. So man cannot, cannot have dominion. That's why, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. And as much as the children, now notice what God did through the second man. Oh, I love the second man. <laughs> I'm interested in about the second man. In as much as the children, talking about mankind, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Now, we all know that God is greater than Satan, greater power, greater knowledge, greater than everything. God could fling his finger and Satan would be gone forever. Why didn't he do that? It would be illegal. God honors his own principle. Therefore, in order for Satan to be defeated, who had to defeat Satan? And mankind. Another man. Not God, because the dealing was between man gave it up. Another man had to get it back. That's why Jesus had to become flesh. That's why Jesus had to become in all things like us. That's why Jesus had to leave his glory. And all the, all the aspects of that glory in heaven, when he, he stripped himself, Philippians chapter 2 says, he became like one of us. No extra privileges. All the power that Jesus manifested was not because of his extra privilege was because Jesus became like one of us, but he was in total perfect submission to the Father. So every miracle Jesus did wasn't as a result of his sonship. Because he said in John chapter 5, verse 19, the son can do nothing of himself except that which the he sees the father do, he will do in like manner. So that's why in all things, that's why in, Roman, in, in, in John chapter 14 verse 12 says, he who believes in me shall do the same work that I do, even greater than these because I go to the Father. He didn't say he was a strong in faith. He didn't say he was a pastor. He says he who believes in me, the youngest believer, Iranian woman was watching me on television in Iran, in a village in Tehran. I don't understand her accent. She accepted the Lord through our program. She listened to me about the authority of a believer and she started laying hands on the sick people in her village. 
she, seven months after her salvation, she said, Pastor, they line up about a mile behind my door to come into my house. I'll lay hands on them to get healed. Simple. Simple. The church has complicated this stuff. You got to have this gift. You got to have this gift. You got to have this. You got to have this. You got to have a strong faith. You got to pray. You got to fast. You got to do blah, 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 blah. But he who believes, simple. Because we are in either, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. There are only two human source, two humankind. So that's why Jesus had to become in all things just like us. Tempted in all things yet without sin. So now, it says he himself likewise sharing the same that through death he might destroy through death. The very thing that Satan took from us and dominated us in death. Through one man's offense, death reigned. Jesus had to go through it so that he might destroy him who... What translation are you reading there? In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Hebrews 2 14. It says... Through death that he might destroy him who had. What tense is had? Had is past. Satan no longer has the authority over death. That ought to eliminate fear from Satan. Satan no longer is a master, but he is a subject. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, in all the possession that a believer has one of the things that he possesses is death he says all things belongs to you he says death life paul apollos all this is your possess that's why paul said i have the choice to go whether to stay or to go i heard the thing from a doctor he said cancer doesn't kill people what kills the people have cancer is malnutrition and I was talking to a guy who was an um, employee of a friend of mine. He was dying with cancer. He said, I just don't want to eat anymore. I have no desire to eat anymore. And he said, I don't want to live anymore. See, that's it right there. Death cannot have dominion over a believer. A believer says it. A believer allows it. A believer is in charge because Jesus took the dominion away from him who had the power of death that is the devil. He had the power. Adam lost it. Jesus took it back. So the authority that Jesus established, established it for me. Because he had authority when he walked on the earth. Because he was without sin. Satan couldn't operate on him. That's why when he walked the street, demons fell before him in agony and pain. They say, what are you here to do, son of God? To torment us? So he didn't need to have, he didn't need to die in order to have authority over Satan. He had it when he was born. He did it for you and for me. So... When Jesus died, he took that authority, that dominion back, and he, do it, he did it for us. So, now, 
If you look at Jesus' life, you see sickness obeyed him, Satan obeyed him, death obeyed him. When he commanded Lazarus to come forth, he had dominion over death. He said, Lazarus, four days he was in the grave. I wonder how many Lazarus were in the grave when they heard that voice. <laughs> Probably a thousand, 10,000, because everybody was called Lazarus. It's like Juan in Puerto Rico. <laughs> it's like well, Juan or in Mexico. What's the main name in Puerto Rico? Jose. When he said, Jose, atra, or come, Ben. Probably a 10,000 Jose got up. They said, which one is it? But you know, God's word is so precious. When the word of God comes, it comes with a purpose and he carries codes. Like pastor's sonar. That Lazarus, you, of all the Lazarus that got up in the grave, they said, you, you come forth. Jesus had dominion over death. And he didn't have, he didn't have to fast. He didn't have to pray. All he had to do just say it because he had dominion. A master in military, like a, like, a, like a general, he doesn't have to pray before he says something to his subservient. He doesn't say, oh Lord, I'm going to say something. I pray that they're going to obey. Okay, guys, we're going to attack the Iraqi people. <laughs> he didn't have to do that. He said, hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. And everybody obeyed him. Why? Because he's in a position of, so was Jesus. So when Jesus said Lazarus, he didn't have to pray to God because God showed him what he needs to do with Lazarus. Remember beforehand? He says the son can do nothing of himself. Before he goes out, he says, we got to go Lazarus to sleep. We got to wake him up. God showed him what's about to happen. He saw it in his spirit. So he had dominion over death. He had dominion over sickness. Go wash your face. Go wash your eyes. And the guy saw Get up, and the guy got up. Pick up your bed and go home, and the guy did it. Simple. He didn't have to go four, four years Bible school and pray and fast and, to get that stuff. He had it automatically because he was without sin. So when he got that dominion back, he didn't get it for himself. He got it for Reza. He got it for Joaquin. He got it for Jose. He got it for Carlos. He got it for us. Now, but we don't look like we got it. We don't, we don't act like we got it. Now, how do we get it? It's ours. He took it for us. He bought that gift for us. How do we unwrap this gift? That's the key. And Romans 5.17 says it. Go back to that verse again. It says, for if by one man's offense... Death reigned through the one, much more, greater more, those who receive what? Abundance of grace, number one, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. One translation says, in this life, not the one to come, because we will reign with Christ in that one. But in this life, through the one, Jesus Christ. So two things we need. Number one. Say it. Abundance of grace. Number two, gift of righteousness. Abundance of grace. Simple. Abundance of grace, gift of righteousness. What time do I have till 10.30? Five minutes. You have to stay because I don't have, to, I, I don't have time to finish it. 
You want to hear the rest? Stay at the second service. Five minutes. Abundance of grace, number one. Uh, what is grace? A lot of people give definition for grace. I don't believe in it. Sim single one of them. Because man cannot define grace. How would you define if somebody filled this entire room with every possible gift that there is on this planet for you and said, walk into this room, grab whatever you want. How would you say that guy is? Generous? Yeah. Because generous is the guy who buys you a meal at McDonald's. I don't know. I, what? You got a Lexus in there for me? Oh, yeah. You got a Bentley also? Yeah. You got an airplane in there? Yeah. You got the, the fanciest house in Miami Beach? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. How would you call that guy? Are you crazy? No. So how would we define grace? Grace is this. Everything that God has done through Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection, it's grace. We call it redemption. Everything that he did it for us, everything. And I'm talking about a lot of, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places, Ephesians 1.3, in Christ Jesus. Every blessing. The church says you got to give $100 before God blesses you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God has blessed us. Present perfect. An action that happened yesterday, result of it is interesting. Has blessed us. How? What do we do? Absolutely nothing. All you have to do, believe in one man. Second Adam. If you believe in that second Adam, everything that is in heaven, everything that belongs to the Father... Oh, I wish I had time. I could teach you about righteousness. So when I'm in a room full of Muslims, and you all clap your hands, that's, that's nice. But usually the places I go, they don't clap their hands. They get up, they cry out a lot. They want to kill me. You should go to some of these services with me. It's exciting services. A lot more exciting than the way you are acting right now. A lot more passion. So when I'm in a service like this, I think about one thing and one thing only. Jesus. <laughs> My body want to say, hey, listen, they're going to kill you, so be afraid. I go, you know what? Let's uh, calm down here. Because Jesus is here. And if Jesus is here, he has dominion and I have dominion in him. If it's my time to go, this is the best way to go because there's a special crown if I go this way. If I don't go this way, I don't get that crown, but uh, it's going to be added to the other crowns, but uh, we're going to have a special service after this. But if it's not, so be it. I got to continue, carry this burden for all these crazy people. Yeah. Now, I want to tell you how to reach abundance of grace. How, you can, how can you get abundance of grace? If grace by itself is everything that God has given me, what is abundance of grace? That is to be determined the next service.
Amen. Let's stand this morning. Paula Dotto, where are you? I heard you come up here, sir. Paula Dotto's in the house. Thank you. The man of God. Richie, you, you know Paul. Come up here. Get on the piano. We're going to have him sing. Yeah, absolutely. He sings. You play. I preach. Reza Safa makes us suffer. All the things that Christ had for us and we think we have to beg and we have to work and we have to do religious stuff. That's a lie for the pit of hell. Um, all these things freely given to us. One of my favorite verses is Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his son together with him will freely give us all things. And so that's, that's the reality. Um, and we're blessed to have Reza in the house. And, and it, other than just, just the word that he's preaching, the, the, there's an impartation in the spirit. So, so lift your hands up to heaven and receive what has been poured out now as Paul leads us in this song. I learned this here from you. Alabanza to nombre, Señor. Alabanza to nombre. Señor, tu nombre, Señor, es digno de alabar. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I give glory to your name. I give glory to your name. Oh Lord. The glory to your name, oh Lord, to nombre, Señor, to be praised. For your name is great one last time, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. We're just scratching the surface to these things, and there's great wealth of treasure. Father God, that we're not to keep of our own, but we're to obtain and share with the earth, Lord. Many of us are so busy and distracted, Lord, we don't, we don't go deep with you. We pray, Father God, that your blessing would be upon every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place, every family, that this would be a week of triumph, of victory, of overcoming trials and adversities and setbacks. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, Lord. We pray your blessing, your prosperity, your peace upon your people, Lord. Let your face shine towards us and bless us this week, Lord. Allow us to be your servants and your instruments. Father God, that we be ministers of your love and your peace to the nations of the world, Lord. Thank you for Pastor Reza. Thank you for his ministry upon the earth, Lord. Let him, Father God, be in, empowered with all resources needed to, to 
influence this generation as it should, oh God, that the hearts of men would turn to Christ as he continues to lift Christ up, that all men would draw near to you, Lord. Bless Najat TV, Lord. Allow us also to participate in blessing this ministry, Father God. It might be fruitful, God. Fill the earth and take, subdue, subject things, Father God, and, and that we might have dominion, oh God, to fill the earth with your glory. In Jesus' name we pray and all the people say amen, amen, and amen.